Hi everyone, it's Professor Clark, and in this lecture we're going to look at the genitive case without prepositions. The textbook presents a lot of information about the genitive on pages 63 through 65, and I'm going to break it down into several lectures because I think there's a lot of useful stuff there, and I want to go through it pretty slowly with a number of examples. As usual, the genitive case can be kind of tricky. It has lots of applications. It's an extremely useful case that gets used a lot. And this is great, but it also means there's a lot to cover whenever we discuss anything to do with the genitive. So, you know, hold on to your hats, buckle your seatbelts, and let's jump in. First of all, please note that there is a very useful chart of pronouns in the genitive on page 63 of your textbook. So if you maybe don't remember all of your pronouns in the genitive quite as well as you should, I strongly recommend reviewing that chart. As always, I recommend uh, copying charts out by hand if you want to memorize them, which you do. And so sit down with a thick stack of paper and just start copying it out by hand. It's also really useful, I think, to say the words out loud as you're copying them. You want to engage as many parts of your body and as many parts of your memory as you can. So don't just sort of sit there in front of the computer pretending to watch this lecture on YouTube or whatever. Get out the textbook look at the chart and then copy it out by hand, say the words out loud as you're doing it. Uh, you can also record yourself as you're saying the words out loud and then listen to the recording. So that can be a useful thing to do if you're walking around campus, uh, just listen to that recording over and over again, it does help. But the thing that helps the most as always is to copy things out by hand. Remember that you want to make it as laborious and sort of tedious as possible because that will drive the information into your brain. Okay, lecture on memorization over. Let's move on to the construction to have. Uh, of course, you already know this. The construction to have is ooh plus the genitive. However, there are a couple of important things to remember here. So first of all, third person pronouns, so on, ana, ano, anyi, begin with n when preceded by a preposition. So ana becomes yiyo, but u niyo. On or ano become yivo, but u niyo. Anyi becomes ich, but u nich. We add this n between the preposition and the rest of the pronoun if there's a preposition. So we can say things like, for example, u niyo mush, she has a husband. u niyo jena, he has a wife. u nich dieti, they have children. However, where it gets tricky is when you're using the third person possessive pronouns yiyo, yivo, and ich, which never change even when preceded by prepositions. So we could say, for example, U yiyo muja. Her husband has. U yivo jene. His wife has. U ich diti. Their children have. So note the difference between these two constructions. If we want to say she has a husband, we have u and then the pronoun which starts with n, niyo. 
And then the thing that she has, a husband, mush, in the nominative. If we want to say her husband has, we start with u again. And then we have the possessive pronoun yiyo with no n. And then the person who actually does the having is her husband. And it is genitive. U yiyo muja. So u yiyo mush, she has a husband, versus u yiyo muja, her husband has. Now let's jump into some other uses of the genitive. And the first use that is listed here in the textbook is lack or absence. So when we negate something or we say that it is not there, it is absent or lacking, we use the genitive. A common example of this would be when you don't have something. So if you don't have something, the thing that you don't have is in the genitive. Remember, if you do have something, the thing that you have is in the nominative. Uh, so in the previous slide, we had he has a wife. But here in this slide, in slide three, we can say he does not have a wife. Li is also genitive because he does not have a wife. The word wife is in the genitive. We have a lack or an absence. Or we could say his wife does not have a cat. And once again, both the word is in the genitive, because it is the object of u, and then is in the genitive, because it is not there. It is lacking or absent. She does not have a cat. We do the same thing if we're saying that someone's not here. So if we ask, for example, Nina, where is Nina? The answer could be She's not here right now. Because she is lacking or absent, we use nyat and then put her in the genitive. She's not here right now. And note that the word nishto, nothing, is almost always in its genitive form, nichivo, because it's almost always lacking or absent. Ya nichivo nyeznayo, I don't know anything. Ya nichivo nyechitayo, I'm not reading anything. Ya nichivo nyepishu, I'm not writing anything. We have the strong element of negation, absence, or lack, and so we put it in the genitive. Another very common use of the genitive is to indicate possession and relation. The genitive has this overall meaning of of and is used to indicate possession. So we could say, for example, eta mashina brata. This is my brother's car. Uh, remember, in Russian, you don't have to say my if you are talking about your own family members. It's assumed that if you're talking about a brother, you're talking about your own brother. And what we literally say here is, this is the car of my brother, eta mashina brata. Or, eta dom sistri, this is my sister's house. Or literally, this is the house of my sister. We don't have to use any kind of a preposition. We just put the possessor in the genitive, and that's all there is to it. And note the word order. You really need to have the thing being possessed first, and then the possessor second, because you are saying... For instance, this is the car of my brother, this is the house of my sister, you need to stick to that word order. 
And just as a side note, you can have this in long strings of the genitive. This is a common feature, especially of more formal or complicated Russian writing. So we could have, for instance, Max's sister does not have a car. And all the nouns are in the genitive in this sentence. Or This is the book of the brother of Nina. This is Nina's brother's book. But we would say, this is the book of the brother of Nina. Another example of the of meaning of the genitive is when we use it to qualify other nouns. An important difference between Russian and English is that Russian distinguishes between the sentences he is an instructor of Russian and he is a Russian instructor. And so if we want to say he is an instructor of Russian, we have to use the word Russian in the genitive. Он преподаватель русского. He is an instructor of Russian. He himself could be an American, but he is an instructor of Russian. His subject is Russian. He teaches Russian. This is opposed to he is a Russian instructor. Он русский преподаватель. This means that he is an ethnically Russian instructor. He could be teaching physics or math or something like that, but he was born in Moscow and his name is Ivan Ivanovich Ivanov. He is a Russian person who is an instructor. And so when we want to indicate that first meaning, he is an instructor of Russian, so we are qualifying that noun instructor, we have to put the other thing, the qualifier, in the genitive. Another very important use of the genitive is to indicate quantity. And we are going to go into way more detail about this later. But for now, just note that when we count things or we indicate a quantity of things, we must use the genitive. And this includes words that do not indicate a particular or a specific quantity, but just indicate quantity in general. So, mnoga, much, many, or a lot. Mala, which means too little or not enough. Nimnoga, which is a little but enough. Skulka, how much or how many. And nieskulka, some or several. I'll take the genitive. However, niektori, which is an adjective uh, that means some, a certain, or a certain number of, does not take the genitive. It matches the noun it modifies in gender case and number. So we won't worry about that right now. We'll just remember that mnoga, mala, nimnoga, skulka, and nieskulka all take the genitive. So, for example, you could say, I have a lot of water. I don't have enough milk. I've got a little bit of time. I have several books. Or, how many books do you have? Another case where we use the genitive is when we are talking about the size or height of something or its color. So there are a couple of key questions here that you want to know and then the answers. The question, how tall or how big, is kakova rosta, which literally means of what height or of what size. And note that the question is in the genitive, kakova rosta, and so the answer is also going to be in the genitive. You could ask, for instance, Kakova rosta tvoj brat? How tall is your brother? And then you could answer, Moj brat nje visokova rosta. My brother is not tall, my brother is short. Moj brat srednova rosta. 
My brother is of medium height. Мой брат высокого роста. My brother is tall. The question what color is also in the genitive. The question is какого цвета or of what color. However, the tricky thing here is that the answer can be either in the nominative or the genitive. So the question always has to be in the genitive, kakovitsvienta, but the answer can be nominative or genitive. So we might say, for instance, kakovitsvienta tvoja novaya mashina. What color is your new car? And we could say either maya mashina sinyaya, my car is dark blue. So a predicate, something is something, and therefore nominative. Maya mashina sinyaya, my car is dark blue. Or we could say, Maya mashina sinyavatsvieta. My car is of the dark blue color. Both of those are completely acceptable answers. Either Maya mashina sinyaya or Maya mashina sinyavatsvieta. Another use of the genitive is with the verbs bayatsa, to be afraid of, and jalat, to wish or desire. Certain verbs require certain cases, uh, including sometimes the genitive, and the verbs bayatsa and jalat always take the genitive. So you could say, for example, I am afraid of the instructor. Vova bayitsa matematiki. Vova is afraid of math. Studenti bayatsa examina. The students are afraid of the exam. And then jalat also takes the genitive, and this is why we have a number of common phrases of well-wishing that are in the genitive. So if we want to say good night, for example, we just say spakoine nochi, which literally means peaceful night, and that phrase is in the genitive. The reason being that the whole phrase, which we don't always say, is jalayo tibia spakoine nochi, I wish you a good night. But we just say good night or peaceful night in the genitive, spakoine nochi. Another common phrase of that type is vsivo dobrava, all the best, again in the genitive. And you can just use the phrase vsivo dobrava, all the best, in the genitive. But what it stands for is želaju tibie vsivo dobrava, I wish you all the best. And then finally, when we use the verb chatiet, to want, it will sometimes take the genitive with certain nouns, sort of abstract nouns like mir, peace, pakoi, peace, quiet, or calm, and shastya, happiness or good fortune. You are often saying basically, I would like or I want some peace. I want some peace and quiet. I want some happiness. Because you can't have all of it, you can only have some of it. And so we put it in the genitive. For instance, Yachachu Mira, I want peace. Yachachu Shastya, I want happiness or good fortune. So that is our overview of the genitive without prepositions. As I said, the genitive is a very big case, uh, and it takes a long time to work through it with lots and lots of examples, and there's lots of different ways that the genitive is used. So don't freak out, just accept that the genitive is used lots and lots and lots and keep working on it in little bits and pieces, and eventually it will start to make more sense. I hope that was helpful, and enjoy your Russian.